Shrink Wrap Radio number 827. Philosopher Tim Shaw, Ph.D. on Trauma and Moral Injury. Today's episode is brought to you by MindspaceTV.com, where therapists will find an abundance of resources to support their work with clients. Check them out at www.MindspaceTV.com. And now it's time for Dr. Dave and Shrink Wrap Radio. You're on the couch again with Dr. Dave. And Shrink Wrap Radio is playing on again. Yeah. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. Shrink Shrinkwrap Radio, all the psychology you need to know and just enough to make it dangerous, it's all in your head. And now here's your host, Dr. Dave. My guest today is Australian philosopher Timothy Shaw, PhD, who researches the concept of moral injury. He's the director of the Great Philosophical Problems Think Tank. In addition, Dr. Shaw has taught ethics at the University of Sydney and is also a leading voice in the critique of philosopher Emmanuel Levinas and the just war tradition. Now, here's the interview. Dr. Timothy Shaw, welcome to Shrinkwrap Radio. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here. You're a philosopher, and we're going to be discussing your work on moral injury and just war theory. But before we get into that, I'd like to know more about your background, you know, uh, like how you got into this whole philosophy gig and so on. Now, when you were a kid, what did you think you were going to grow up to be? That's, uh, well, uh, unlike the, I guess... Well, look, I didn't even really, uh, I didn't really think about it. I was, when I was a kid, I was doing a lot of sport um, and um, I'd, I'd be doing, uh, I was swimming most days. I'd be, I'd be up at, I'd be up at five o'clock. Uh, I went to university, went to school. I never really gave it too much thought about a job or a career uh, because I, I don't, I'm not too sure. I just really, I really want to be honest. I really wasn't motivated to, uh, to, to, uh, towards a job or towards a career in, in a, in a, in that sort of respect. And, um, um, yeah. And, and I, I guess I just sort of fell, fell into, um, once I started thinking about this, uh, this idea, it sort of just started to, um, to dawn on me how complex it was. And, and over time, it uh, just manifested into, into what it is now. Yeah. So um, when did you discover philosophy as a discipline? Like, was that your major yeah. as, as an undergraduate? 
Yeah, no, well, um, the, I guess my first sort of um, uh, look, I started off as a bat with a Bachelor of Science and, um, for, uh, and that was quite an experience, uh, learning a whole new lexicon of, um, I guess it's really a, a whole new language. Uh, and uh, that is a philosophy in a way. Um, and, um, and then I got exposure to, I guess, more of a... Um, a philosophical bent through uh, looking at what the just war tradition has said throughout the um, the millennia since its inception, and it's um, a school of thought that is the longest running um, moral decision making um, uh, process for the Western mind uh, that has been going uh, that has been going on since at least the third century and Augustine, as he. Um, investigated what wars uh, should be fought and how one should fight these wars in a, in a society. And, uh, and that's sort of really what sparked my interest in uh, philosophy in general. And um, although I guess it's easy to say that in retrospect, uh, but I, I guess that, that would be the kernel. Okay. <clears throat> you know, in a way, just war sounds like an oxymoron. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, on, on the, so on the one hand, it's like uh, that's kind of a repugnant idea in some ways. But on the other hand, it's good to be thinking, having somebody who's thinking about that and who is thinking about policy and uh, how how governments and people who make big decisions about these things might be guided. Well, it's even it's even possibly even deeper than that uh, for for the origins of just war or, and how it's developed. It it looked at how uh, well f um, during um, uh, during its inception, where there were the culture or the society found it very difficult to understand how to justify killing or what it meant to kill in war. So, for example, who was innocent? And at the start of the just war tradition, innocence was wrapped around moral innocence. So um, a, um, moral, uh, moral innocence. So, for example, if you're you could go to war and your if a population was guilty, it meant that men, women and children were guilty. And that idea of innocence has been operationalized around the, uh, the ability to cause harm. So now innocence is in war is someone that poses a threat. And so um, it's moved uh, towards understanding who is a legitimate target in war, how to kill in war. And that is obviously um, um, morphed into some uh, poignant pointers for states, but it, it, is, it was really originating from, from the church and to say, well, um, what um, uh, there was this, uh, there's a famous uh, war cry, you know, uh, men, uh, uh, you can kill without danger to your souls. And this idea of, of how um, uh, uh, wars are waged or, and the actions of war and how those um, are internally processed have been some of the major considerations for that tradition. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talk about the uh, the impact of religion, and I wondered if if you considered uh, 
going into religion yourself or religious studies? Was that on your menu of options? Oh, look, it's, um, look, it's Australia's a long way away from Rome. It's uh, and um, I, it's uh, it, it was it was uh, it hadn't it hadn't crossed my mind. Um, as a younger uh, younger uh, person, that's uh, been growing up in the times in which of in which growing up, you know, um, it's it's um, it's. I think for a lot of people of, of my age group, especially um, where I've grown up, uh, justice or international justice has. Um, superseded religion or a belief in religion, um, and uh, so no, it's uh, it's not something that, that that crossed my mind. Yeah, well, let's get into your work on uh, moral injury. Um, how did you come to be interested in moral injury? That's not a topic that I'm terribly familiar with. No, of course. So it's um. Look, it's uh, recently um, in Scientific America just uh, did a big piece on it, um, calling it a, um, a silent epidemic uh, that affects millions of people. Uh, it, it's an emerging um, idea um, that's, uh, well, it's an, it's an idea of our times um, that when I was looking for a, a topic to do a PhD, uh, to do a, a PhD or a, doc a doctorate in, um, I, I saw, a, a, a looked at, I was looking at the literature because it has, um, it's a term that has come on the back of this idea of post-traumatic stress disorder, and um, as if that wasn't complicated enough, there's a, there's this new idea of moral injury, and I thought, isn't that interesting? There's a, there's at least three definitions of this moral injury. Um, a, a cultural definition and a clinical definition and a sort of a, a religious way of looking at it. And I thought, it, it's a, I wonder what this thing actually is. And I wonder like how it's going gonna, it's gonna to be articulated in the future and, um, and how it can sort of, uh, and how um, a, a language or a lexicon can develop around this um, to, uh, to start to join these, all these fields together. Yeah, so that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is what is the definition of moral injury? And you kind of suggested that there's maybe more than one, but uh, yeah. take us through, take a, you know. What, no, what of it? course, of course. Well, jo um, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Shea uh, uh, has been credited with kicking off the, uh, the discussion um, in the field, and he talks about, um, in his book Achilles in um, in Vietnam, uh, um, talking about how moral injury uh, when you've been let down in a high stakes situation by someone in a position of authority, and what that um, and how that uh, manifests uh, and uh, the deleterious um, effects that, that can have. Um, that was uh, that was sort of um, recently um, well, recently upgraded by um, some psychologists, uh, Brett Litz, and they were talking about um, actions of, of omission or commission that goes against one's um, inner compass um, okay. that can have, um, can, that can have um, deleterious effects. And, and, they, again, and um, the importance of these definitions and, and, and of these ideas is, is reflected in the in the suicide rate of, of veterans of soldiers, um, uh, particularly in America, which um, is 
you know, it, it, it's such a large and such a traumatized population that um, there's a, it can sustain a, a death rate of almost one per hour, um, uh, which is, which is a horrible. Mm. Those are, are veteran uh, suicides, one per hour? Yes. Yeah, no, they're, they're, America has, has, has reached a, a very strange pivot point where uh, most of the, the, the deaths that they experience of this uh, soldierly cohort are on home, home soil. Yeah. Um, now, are we talking mostly uh, desert storm or what, what period? I know that you've done some work with veterans. What, what period mm -hmm. are you uh, veteranists no, dealing it, with? Yeah, no. Well, uh, there, there is um, uh, since Vietnam, um, there is there has been a particular emphasis on coming home, and uh, that emphasis on coming home um, alive uh, has uh, uh, has necessitated um, uh, very well, not necessitated, but. The action, the, the, there are a lot more soldiers, um, thankfully, surviving and coming back home, and and that, and and it's uh, you know, it's something that has not happened before in the history of warfare, and it's uh, and once, um, yeah, it's a, it's just a new a new um, a new phenomenon that has been gradually happening because of advances in um, medical um, life-saving technologies. And um, is reaching a zenith at the moment through um, unmanned or or UAV combat, where um, the soldier um, really is home all the time. Yes, yeah, and I know that they've they found that that's a very stressful job, even though the soldier is is quotes at home, but uh, but they're fully as traumatized well, as if they had been in the in the theater of war. Well, a lot of the work involved uh, with, with a UAV drone operator um, is, um, you know, it's not as if all of a sudden you click on a target. It, it, there, there's a lot of surveillance. There's, you become intimately uh, connected with the movements of that target, who their family, uh, what they're doing, their lives. You might be following this person for a week, for months, right? And once you know, you know. Once, uh, uh, and and it's very difficult. And obviously, that connection, or um, especially, I've heard some horrible stories of, um, uh, of some very horrible stories of drone operators that have been following um, some uh, targets and have set off a um, set off a an ordinate. And have killed some, some family, and that that becomes very difficult because it's it's not it's it's uh, you're following, you're tracking a person, you're tracking their movements, you're really getting to understand their lives as almost like, you know, an omnipresent God, um, in the sky. Yeah. So, in other words, you're beginning to know them as a person rather than as, uh, you know, we have ways. Of, over the history to de demonize the enemy and to dehumanize them. And, you know, so that psychologically it's okay to kill them because uh, they're not really people, you know, they're gooks or they're, yes. you know, some other thing like that. Uh, and, and this sort of penetrates through that because 
now you're beginning to care for them as a person to see that they're a human being much as yourself mm. yeah well it's a, yes certainly so you mentioned ptsd what, what's the difference between ptsd and moral injury well pt i, I should probably explain what ptsd is um it, when uh, before 1975 uh psychological trauma was was deemed an unnatural uh, something an unnatural reaction to something that was unnatural so an unnatural stressor and because that psychological trauma before ptsd um was considered unnatural uh, uh there was no lexicon or there was no grammar to talk about su sufferers or, or psychological sufferings now almost with the stroke of a pen um, PTSD was ushered in and, and trauma became a, a normal reaction to an abnormal stressor. And um, that uh, ushered in a situation where uh, whether or not you um, broke your mind or your mind was broken um, being shot at or shooting at somebody, Right, both um, not normal situations, uh, uh, both not normal situations. Um, PTSD deemed that trauma something that was a normal reaction. So, um, whether or not you uh, you had PTSD from being shot at, or whether or not you had PT PTSD from shooting, that was um, considered normal because those were abnormal situations. Um, but, however, with uh, PTSD. It became very, uh, it, it started off as uh, in the DSM as something that was mediated by fear. And because of the mediation of fear, um, it was take. It, it had been, it was re-articulated and taken mostly as a victim-centric um, conception of trauma uh, because, uh, and, 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 um, and if you look at, and, and society, and it became a, a bellwether of society, However, um, if you looked at the, longitud well, the longitudinal studies of Vietnam veterans, um, uh, look, uh, was, was saying something slightly different. They said um, they're not, it's not quite fear. And the, the biggest predictor of PTSD or something like that or, or what was happening is not seeing your friend being blown up or, or people shooting at you or this or that it was killing up someone else or, or shooting someone or, or taking someone's life and in that um, regard fear or, or was not really the, the it, maybe there was even excitement of course so um moral injury uh came on the back of post-traumatic stress disorder um and it's it's really it it started off as a, a definition just like PTSD of um, how uh, soldiers are looking at oh, or think well this is well this is where the def this is where it gets interesting this is where the definition um, sort of uh, deviates or or um, uh, and where there's a little bit of um, uh room uh, and where a lot of uh, people and, and institutions and ideas are coming in and um uh, and uh, vying for the moral injury space or what it means to be morally injured or um what what mor how um uh, how moral injury can be used to affect change or to cry out for injustice or, and the like uh, because it is now 
becoming a, a catch cry for, um, for example, a pandemic or moral injury after a pandemic, or, or uh, and and that is another sort of morphing of the idea. Huh. Yeah. So, so um, the idea that I'm getting here is that it's kind of gone beyond uh, PTSD, which was really in a book, the DSM, and a listing of uh, sort of bullet points. And uh, if the person uh, is evidencing uh, seven out of 10 bullet points or something along those lines, then they have PTSD. The moral, the mm. idea of moral injury is going further and it's kind of talking about the inner experience of the the person who's gone <laughs> through a traumatic event, and um, or help to create a traumatic event for somebody else, and uh, and that you know kind of bring, bring, almost brings us back to the religious perspective of that there's something in the human soul that's violated by all of this. Well, um, I think uh, it's, it certainly brings us around to uh, situating it within a religious context. And um, the emergence of moral injury is um, it's a historical just as much as it is a psychological emergence. And it's no, it's no um, uh, coincidence that it has emerged um, at the end of 2,000 years of, of Christian thought, um, and it's no coincidence that it has emerged um, after the after World War II and the Holocaust, um, and it's no coincidence that it's emerged and emerging um, once as we see a decline of the religious institutions um, and the um, and the influence uh, of these religious institutions on cultural and social life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, coincidentally, uh, the interview that I'll do next week uh, is with someone I've interviewed before. I wonder if you've heard of him, uh, Dr. Ed Tick, Edward Tick, who has worked extensively with Vietnam veterans and, and took veterans back to Vietnam to dialogue mm -hmm. with the very people that they had bombed or shot at or, you know, families were killed and so on. And fascinating work, and and transformative, and and brought, and people were able to find meaning in the in the dialogue. Uh, that's uh, that's exactly the, the the search for meaning or the articulation of meaning is the um, is certainly the bellwether of moral injury, and um, if uh, even the so. The emergence of the, of the term moral injury um, is the emergence um, of the of in a general sense Christians or Christian societies finding a meaning for suffering um, that uh, and um, and over and and the work that I've been doing recently or looking um, has been trying to find a definition um, which wraps all that together and um, and it's through Frederick Nietzsche um, who can 
who does provide um, an idea of the meaning for suffering because he identified and 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 this is um, the um, the stage in which moral injury is stepping onto uh, uh, that the biggest problem for the psyches of humans is not suffering per se because um, people will search seek suffering out even. It's finding a meaning for that suffering. And, and if you can't find meaning for that suffering, um, then that becomes uh, a tremendous uh, a problem and a morally injurious problem at that. Uh-huh. Interesting that, uh, that Nietzsche somehow fits in to, to what we're talking about here. Um, oh, yeah. Look, yeah. The, Edward Tick, who I spoke to before, draws upon the uh, mythic injury, uh, imagery in helping veterans come to terms with their, what they've done and their involvement. And he calls upon the, the, uh, the archetype of the warrior. And so, you know, and persuades these uh, veterans that this is an archetype that's been around as long as human beings have been around and that it is has um, there are ways in which it's necessary and valued as well as having you know these heavy burdens to bear and somehow this mm. has been very helpful now I'm interested that you keep referring to the Christian tradition and I'm wondering well what about you know, these days, uh, the polar opposite for many of us is the Muslim world. And mm. how, how does this idea, do they have a concept of moral injury? Uh, how are they dealing? They sound like very human reactions, really, more mm. than, than uh, being predicated on a particular religious upbringing. Mm. Well, um with more uh, with moral injury, if you're um, if you're looking, um, well, if you have a, a god or a, um, and it, and um, we must remember that the recent war in Afghanistan was a war um, in a country that was ninety nine point nine cent. A single religion, which was um, the Muslim religion, um, uh, how that's articulated, or or, or what um, what is fallen back on is um, in moral injury is this will to truth, um, and this is something that's uh, very important for, uh, for understanding um, why um, it's emerged in a Christian sense or in Christian societies and um, possibly what the difference is between moral injury um, uh, in religion. So with a will to truth or, or the, the, the psychologies that are born with a will to truth, which is a uh, Christian psychologies and enlightened societies um, that come with that, the will to truth strips away, um, you could say almost the crutch of religion in, um, and if you have societies that haven't undergone an, in, an enlightened um, uh, enlightened transition, uh, which 
have uh, historically been uh, have undergone through this uh, mechanism of truth or extolling truth as the highest virtue. Um, and uh, then, you know, you're, there is a, a stop. You say, well, hang on a second. Why did this happen to me? Well, you know, you stop you, you stop thinking about why it happened to you because it happened to you because it was divine, a divine, a divine occurrence, or there was divine meaning behind it, and that, uh, and it stops that mechanism um, right where it is, and uh, moral injury becomes a lack of uh, uh, a disconnection of faith in a way in, in that regard, um, and it's and you're right, it is. It's very interesting to look at um, uh, moral injury or how moral injury. Is articulated through different religions, um, and it's and it is articulated or understood um, even slightly different in the Judeo uh, idea of the Judeo-Christian tradition as it is in um, in a Mus in, in Muslim or uh, Islamic um, uh, cultures. Yeah. Now I gather that you've done some direct work with veterans. Is that right? Have you uh, yeah, tell us about I, that? Oh look, I, I've got, I've got, I've got, um, uh, I've, I've got a, I've got vet, uh, veteran that comes, um, uh, uh, comes in most days, and and uh, and um, uh, uh, and we um, we have a, well, I have a, I've got a think tank that is developing ideas uh, through vet, uh, through the veteran community, um, and I guess in a in a theoretical well. In a theoretical sense, the the most uh, work that I've done uh, with a veteran, and I know this is a, a slightly um, uh, a strange way of answering your question, is through looking at a historical veteran, um, uh, which uh, whom has written a lot about war, um, uh, who uh, um, uh, who has provided and who gives a new and clarifying definition to this field of moral injury. Is this a, a certain um, person that you're talking about? Yes, yes. So he's a, look, it, it might, uh, I'm not, uh, it might be, it's it's surprising, but there was, there was a veteran in history um, that, uh, that uh, he, um, before he went to war, he uh, went and he, uh, uh, volunteered for military service uh, through his country, um, patriotic, uh, patriotic, um, and when he went to war, he went to war as a medic, and um, and as a captain, as a medic, and he the experiences of war and he um, affected him. He came back, and the first thing he did was rip up his citizenship, give it back to. The uh, um, oh, well, didn't give it to anyone, put it in the bin, and remained a stateless veteran and a stateless philosopher for the rest of his life. And it was only after this uh, gentleman got back from war that he started writing his books. And um, and it was in these writings that a new definition of moral injury can be found. And the name of this veteran, um, we, we've just touched, we touched on it before, is Frederick Nietzsche, Nietzsche, and. It, and what not many people know is that his writings are inspired by war. His first book, The Birth of Tragedy, is a meditation on understanding. As your, uh, your friend uh, looking at Greek mythologies or, or Greek archetypes of how to understand 
uh, tragedy or what a tragic idea looks like and trying to reconcile uh, wartime experiences with a happy outlook. Um, we, and then that birth of tragedy that he writes about when he first gets back from war morphs into a joyous wisdom over the next 10 years. And at, and, and at that 10 year period, um, he writes a masterwork uh, that takes one through the um, uh, moral injury and how to deal with it and how to think about it through his work of Thus Spake uh, Zarathustra, which is a, a meditation on really understanding the crux of the problem um, that, we, that we have been presented with. Wow. I didn't know any of that. And uh, you've given me uh, a task for more research on my part. Into, oh, into yeah, look, I love, yeah. Yeah, no, nature was... Um, uh, it's uh, this is this is um, exciting work that I'm that I'm doing at the moment. Um, that uh, so Nietzsche he was a, a master linguist and he's left left a, left some clues uh, about how to read his corpus of work uh, because it's very very difficult. He um, he defines moral injury or, or moral injury is defined by Nietzsche as as a, a a disruption to the psyche. So he strips away all the understand. He says, hang on a second, what is this soul business? I mean, what actually is a soul? He said that moral injury, it's a disruption to one's psyche um, from a will to truth um, that has become conscious of itself as a problem in us. And he and and this definition that he has, it describes the historical emergence of def of moral injury, which uh is an emergence uh, where um, the, a will to it's a the will to truth or or looking it's a, moral injury is intimately related with a Christian notion or a notion or and in, and Christian notion or the notion in modernity now of this will to truth and it's something that. Uh, has been credited by him and others as uh, undercutting the religion that had uh, spawned it. And so the emergence of moral injury is an emergence um, of, um, of a psychology um, um, uh, and a disruption to that psychology from a will to truth that we are starting to become conscious of. And in the psychologies of people, um, that is a disruption to the psyche from if so if you come back from war or if you see something horrible um uh the um this um disruption to one's psyche from a will to truth where it says hang uh, why why is this happening why is this happening this leading into an, a nihilistic idea is um a very central part of understanding moral injury um because um, before that, and for many, many years, um, you could always find meaning in um, this will to truth about why things are happening or why something bad has happened to me. Because through the church, um, you would say, well, um, this is happening to you because you, in the end, at its deepest manifestation, you deserved it because you are fallen from grace you are in an incomplete relationship to the divine. And because Christianity is a salvation-orientated um, school of thought, 
um, and uh, and uh, not not like a Catholic um, uh, idea, which is not salvation orientated. And because Christian psyches strive for salvation um, without a God, how do you redeem yourself? Or where are the, where's the redemption? And the and and your the and your friend that um, is taking um, uh, taking veterans back to Vietnam. If that is that um, uh, uh, that that process um, um, and those festivals of atonement and those sacred games are very important and, and, and can and become very um, uh, yeah and, and can become uh, very poignant um, for, yeah. for those that are suffering for suffering now. Yeah, again, I have the impression, and it's not clear to me that you've done some actual work with actual veterans. Uh, is it, Am I right about that or not? Or is it more a uh, more of a literature research and, and thought process? Look, at the, at the moment, the, the main role of the think tank is to develop a, um, a unifying definition for moral injury. Well, um, the the think tank is. I mean, the think tank as well. It does, it reaches out. We speak um, with veteran uh, communities. Uh, uh, we've made we make we've made submissions to. There's currently a royal commission um, in Australia for uh, veteran suicide. Uh, I mean, we're independent. We're an independent. Um, uh, we're an independent uh, non for profit. So um, we are. We do as we do as we can. Um, um, uh, whether it's on an individual level, or whether or not it's, uh, or whether it's um, uh, 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 with the institutions um, and the governments. Yeah, um, give me the name of the think tank. Uh, I know there's a website that you've created. What, and I don't have that in front of me. No, of course, no. It's a great philosophical problems think tank. Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, it's all. Look, we, we've uh, it's um, it's uh, we've got a um, a group as well on LinkedIn. Um, we've got some some fabulous um, um, uh, um, veterans, um, uh, sitting politicians, um, uh, um, leaders, leader, uh, polit political leaders um, from uh, from the US and also from Australia. Um, that have that are connected um, in this in 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 that network or, or under that um, under that banner, and um, and we uh, we we we're posi we've positioned we position ourselves well we are positioned um, next to some centres of excellence in the world uh, the International Centre for Moral Injury, um, which is based out of Durham, um, which is, and run by uh, Reverend Dr Brian Powers and. Um, and also uh, Timothy Maillard from the um, United States War College in Washington. So, uh, so you've got a, a bunch of uh, movers and shakers and thought leaders coming together mm -hmm. on LinkedIn and what, having discussions uh, or making plans? Yes, yeah, so in, in the, the field at the moment is going through a renewal um there is uh what um the uh in june next year the think tank has been invi invited to deliver a, a, a big presentation um at a um uh, uh um for the delivery of um 
continuing professional credit accreditation units for um, uh, professionals in the field and and um, developing and straightening out the ideas that are surrounding this concept and understanding how they can be treated and 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 where tr and where possible treatment outcomes um, can be found uh-huh and so um as you look forward uh, to the uh, to the future, where do you see your work, your career going? Oh, that's a great question. Look, uh, I'm in the the death throes of writing a book, which is oh, okay. which is which is uh, which is almost uh, almost reaching uh, fruition, and um, and we've also um, uh, we're in we're in talks. Uh, in, uh, starting up a publishing house and, and uh, becoming a center of excellence for literature of this uh, of um, of this nature. And um, look, it's uh, it, it, moral injury provides the vocabulary for uh, to talk to power. It provides the vocabulary to talk with states. Um, you know. Uh, it's not dealing with ordinary problems. The the problems are historically um, new and different, and the, the those that it affects are the most studied and the most protected cohort of people that have ever existed, which are American warriors and 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 the and the warriors of America have been um, uh, you know they are the most studied and most cared for population um, in the world. There has been so much money, so much effort put into their um, well-being and, and, um, and it's something that is, you know, a, a top priority at all levels, um, both here, uh, both in Australia and America um, for, um, for, uh, for government. And do you have, do you have, <laughs> How successful has been has that effort of pouring money and providing care and sustenance to those veterans? Um, how successful has that been, in, in your view? Well, that, that's um, yes, that's a uh, it, it's almost it, that's it hasn't been successful, um, and that's the, in Australia it certainly hasn't been. It will it, it's on a different scale than America, and we have a royal commission at the moment underway. In America, um, it has, despite best efforts and um, and uh, and perhaps there haven't been the best efforts, but there certainly is an imperative now um, and and a groundswell in America uh, around veterans and veteran health um, and veteran recognition, uh, and 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 that is a that is a um, that is very much welcomed I I'm, um, I can certainly say yeah is there a call to action in in all of this a call to action for for our, our listeners and viewers for citizens sure well the, the, it's very difficult so um, in my in, in the in, in the work and in the, in, the, in the talks that I've had with uh, with veterans and um, and active military uh, personnel the call to action um, they don't they, well, for start, they don't need a call to action it's the it's the societies that are around them that they are protecting that need the call to action um, and it's a call that has not been uh, it's a 
it's it's something that is very diff it's difficult to um, it's very it's difficult even for people even if they hear the call to understand really what the what is the what's the crux of, of what's being called of them how one is to respond to such such uh, um, people whom the state who who you see soldiers are different than civilians um, the state serves civilians and soldiers serve the state and 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 that you know it, it's a different mind frame it's a different understanding or expectation different understanding of um, of responsibility um, and uh, and it's something that is is very difficult to articulate uh, throughout society especially uh, yes very difficult very 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 difficult and and once that and, and that articulation if you get it right has an immense um, possibility to um, to uh, to alleviate some of the 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 the, the pressures on um, on on the minds and the, and the souls of the veteran community. Yeah, well, it's certainly uh, these are big projects that you've painted for yourself to take on, particularly with your think tank, uh, to wrestle with the big philosophical problems and. Uh, and you're underscoring uh, the main one for us right now has to do with war and conflict. Is that is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the uh, um, it's where where um, war is ubiquitous. Uh, how um, how it's been uh, how warriors and how societies have understood um, post-war rebuilding. For I mean, for example, um, you know, I've I've had a dis I've been having a discussions as well um, about um, what's happening at the moment in the Middle East and with Israel, and they are saying that you know that we're we're going to build we're building settlements on disputed land because we pushed the enemy back when there was a six-day war and um, we're now going to build on this land and understanding the justice or or like uh, these ideas of of what happens after war what happens to the soldiers what happens to the ideas of society um how 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 are the vanquished dealt with what are these ideas? It's called a justice post bellum. What, how do uh, do we articulate our responsibility not only to um, an enemy or or, or a, a, an ex enemy? How do we articulate our responsibility to our to the to the soldiers that have fought for us? And how do we care for the minds um, which have surrendered to become in an uh, um, means to ends, and how how do you protect that, and and how do you care for it, and how do you extol it um, uh, to to, uh, uh, to to societies, and and how do you uh, because uh, it's the these ladies, men and men and women, they're highly trained people, and the um, whether or not it's a com combat um, or whether or not it's uh, not non combat. Um, the thoughts and the responsibility that they have had to internally articulate about uh, their role in society and their role to themselves 
is invaluable and the voice of veterans whether it be in our societies or whether it could be channeled into um, humanitarian institutions is invaluable absolutely invaluable for the going forward of uh, of the modernity in which we hope to be able to live through because you know uh, who knows what's around the corner um, and a lot and you know one thing for sure it's very unlikely that uh, that uh, that uh, humanity will will progress into infinity without a very catastrophic uh, failure of human um, thought and action. Well, these are certainly big issues that you're wrestling with, and I uh, commend you for uh, being willing to take them on and and try to uh, make something happen. <laughs> And uh, Thank you very is it, yeah, is there anything more that you want to add before we wrap things up here? No, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Well, likewise. Okay, well, Dr. Timothy Shaw, thanks for being my guest today on Shrinkwrap Radio. My most recent interview is with Australian philosopher Timothy W. Shaw, Ph.D. One of the major tasks of philosophy, as I understand it, is to ask the big questions. Dr. Tim Shaw has taken on that mandate in a big way. In fact, he's created an online site, which he describes as a think tank at greatphilosophicalproblems.com. In his bio, we read, quote, The mission of the Great Philosophical Problems Think Tank is to provide a unifying definition and accompanying phenomenology for the construct of moral injury to address suicide in veteran and wider civilian populations. Like the social lexicons provided by PTSD, they set out to provide the moral grammar of the signature wound of contemporary war. Close quote. Now, as an interviewer, my job is to ask questions. In this case, I was asking questions of a philosopher, a professional question asker himself. Inasmuch as I'm not a philosopher, I must confess his answers were not always clear to me. For example, I wasn't prepared to learn that apparently much of his thinking rests on the writings of Nietzsche, who is regarded as the most controversial philosopher of all time, at least in some quarters. I'm totally out of my depth there. Dr. Shaw also references a core moral principle, the will to truth, which evidently is an idea that comes out of Nietzsche's writing and is explored in depth in a book by French philosopher Michel Foucault. Now, I'm really drowning in my own ignorance. I'm just not qualified to evaluate any of this. What is clear to me is that Tim Shaw is a likable, enthusiastic, and idealistic young scholar who is unafraid to tackle some of the thorniest questions of our time having to do with the ethics of conflict and war. 
These are questions that have plagued humankind since the beginning of time. The capacity to not only destroy our enemies, but our whole planet makes them particularly pressing in this moment. Dr. Shaw has studied the history of war from earliest times through the First and Second World Wars, Korea, Vietnam, and the Persian Gulf Wars. Over the course of these conflicts, our understanding of the psychic costs of these conflicts on both the warriors and the civilian populations have deepened. Dr. Shaw's concern is particularly drawn to the U.S., which has the largest population of suffering veterans in history. He cites research showing record rates of suicide among our veterans, a sign of deeper and more widespread suffering. We've moved from the psychological impact of PTSD to recognize deeper wounds which are characterized by the term moral injury. Once again, drawing on his biographical statement for a definition, we find, quote, moral injury, which is the damage done to one's conscience or moral compass when the person perpetrates, witnesses, or fails to prevent acts that transgress one's own moral beliefs, values, or ethical codes of conduct. Most research to understand moral injury has been with military service members and veterans as the nature of war and combat create situations where people may have experiences that contradict the values they live by in civilian life. He goes on to say, examples of potentially morally injurious events in the context of war include killing or harming others when officers have to make decisions that affect the survival of others, and when medics are not able to care for all who are harmed in a conflict. Close quote. I'm impressed by Tim Shaw's compassion for the human toll of these conflicts and his ambition to mobilize government and leadership entities to recognize the reality and cost of moral injury. I also admire his creation of an online think tank to stimulate a wider conversation that includes veterans, philosophers, political leaders, military planners, and other influencers to move the needle before it's too late. Hi, Dr. Dave. It's Faye calling from London, UK. Um, thanks so much for doing the work that you're doing. More than happy to throw $5 your way. Absolutely worth it, and I know I won't miss it. Um, keep up the good work. Thanks so much. All right, bye-bye. Thank you, Faye in London. And of course, thank you to all you other monthly supporters. It feels so good to see your names as I scroll through the list of monthly donors preparing for each podcast. Once again, time to shrink wrap it up. Thanks to my guest, Australian philosopher Timothy Shaw, PhD, for sharing your work on moral injury. Next week, my guest again will be Dr. Ed Tick, who's been on the show before discussing his work with Vietnam vets and taking them back to Vietnam for healing. This time, we'll be discussing Ed's forthcoming book, Soul Medicine, Healing Through Dream Incubation, Visions, Oracles, and Pilgrimage. 
He's a great guest. You definitely don't want to miss this one. Once again, this is Dr. Dave reminding you to be kind to yourselves, others, and our precious earth. You've been shrink-wrapped by Dr. Dave. All the psychology you need to know, and just enough to make you dangerous.